We welcome all of you that are that are joining with us right now on my podcast. And Robert Tilton today. Say, Bob, where have you been? Well, I've been around and I have seen so many wonderful things happen over my last over 50 years of walking with the Lord. As David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread in the streets. I'm reminded of an incredible scripture that ministers to me and speaks to me volumes. Psalms 105, verses 70, uh, verses 37. He led them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among them. As God had sent Moses to the children of Israel that were crying out because of the oppression and recession and depression and all the things that they were going through, God said, I have heard their cries, I've seen their tears, and I've come now to deliver them from their afflictions. And he sent Moses forth to work with signs, wonders, and miracles as convincing proof that Almighty God was more powerful than any devil of hell. And just as I'm speaking to you now, I sense the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ telling me to speak to you the wonderful things of his love that he has for you. He's seen your tears, he's heard your cry, and he's come now through the power of his word to heal you, to deliver you, and to save you from your affliction. The Lord was commanded, well, the Lord commanded Moses to take a lamb and everyone in their home to take that lamb without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, and to eat the lamb, every bit of it, and to take the blood and put the blood over the doorpost of their house. It was to be the Passover lamb. And when the death angel passed over Egypt, when he saw the blood, he passed over that house. The power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us of all unrighteousness and releases us from the law of sin and death and the penalties of our sins. And they ate that lamb. And as they ate that lamb, there was not one sick, feeble person among them. And so God worked signs, wonders, and miracles to bring them forth, and he led them forth with silver and gold, and not one sick person among them. James 5 says, is there any sick among you? What an interesting question to ask. Is there any sick among you? Obviously, there were churches and fellowships and homes that there was not sick people there because they understood that covenant of the shed blood of Jesus, the wine, and the broken bread, the body of Jesus, that by his stripes we were healed. How he bore in his body our sicknesses and diseases. With the forgiveness of sin, there is the release from the penalties of sin. Isn't that wonderful to know that there is no difference between the forgiveness of sin and the healing of our bodies and the deliverances from the curse of sin? It says in Galatians 3 that God, knowing in advance, he first preached the gospel, the good news, the glad tidings to Abram and said, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Isn't that something? The blessings of the Lord. That blessing of the covenant, that blessing that led the children of Israel forth, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow with them. You shall be called the priest 
of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt eat the riches of the Gentiles. Thou shalt receive a double portion of his spirit. Why? Because we're called by the name of the Lord. It says that when a strong man armed keeps his goods, his palace is, in, is, in, is protected. But when a stronger comes, he breaks through his house and divides the spoils among the strong. You and I are entering in the greatest day the church has ever seen. This is the day that we will eat the riches of the Gentiles. The wealth of the nations are laid up in store for you and I. But first we must partake of that lamb and eat that lamb. Also in the covenant, the year of Jubilee, Jesus preached the acceptable year of the Lord. He said, preach the gospel to the poor. God wants no poor people among him. That year of Jubilee was the releasing of debts so there would be no poor people in God's camp. We're talking about the health and wealth gospel. A lot of people persecute us who preach this. I've received immense persecution over the years. I remember years ago, the Attorney General of Texas, well, the, the press got after my case because I was preaching whole person prosperity. And all oh, the press was just ripping me to shreds in every direction. And, and they were publishing lies about me right and left. And everything imaginable was being said because they just figured preachers wouldn't stand up and defend themselves. And then the Texas State Attorney General got on my case and tried to put our church in receivership to take over our church, had over a 1,000 employees, 12 full-time pastors on staff. The city of Dallas-Fort Worth was divided up in 12, 12 parishes. We, we, we were on more television than anyone was on television, and all hell broke loose to stop me and to bring me down with fake news and lies. And the Attorney General in Texas, oh, he went after me, and we were in courtrooms and uh, everything imaginable, but glory to God, we won every every trial, every lawsuit. We were totally vindicated uh, by the power of Jesus's name. God's a good God. Oh, yes, and many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I sense something happening. I feel something special for you, my brother, my sister. A few minutes ago, one of our, well, maybe maybe an hour ago, one of our new affiliate ministers uh, called me, and as I, as many of you know, I take calls and call people back and this, that, and the other. By the way, he had gotten this brochure, a free brochure called uh, Stake Your Claim to God's Rich Life That He Has for You. And you can go to roberttilton.com, and uh, there'll be a little pop-up on the screen, and just fill out that form, and I'll send you that book. It's a powerful book explaining all the things that's going on in our ministry and how you can get involved. Anyway, he had become one of our lifestyle enrichment evangelist partners, and he was going through our, our biblical success course on charting your course in life by the dream in your heart and how that God empowers us, inspires us, gives us his divine ability to get wealth so that he can establish that covenant that's that covenant of love. That's that gospel. That's that covenant that God made with Abram and Abraham. Uh, when he believed what God said, he became Abraham of, from a father of one to a father of multitudes. Glory to God. And so the young man was calling, well, yeah, young man, younger than me, uh, 57 years old, graduating from college and getting his business administration degree in just a few weeks. But uh, he was talking to me, and all of a sudden I said, James, I just saw you up to bat at the plate at a baseball game. I saw you walk up to the plate, 
with the bat in your hand and I saw you hit that ball and you knocked the ball out of the park. I said, that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like that, a word of knowledge for someone like I just had for you. And he had tears in his voice. He said, Pastor Bob, a few nights ago, I had a dream and I was called back to my high school. They called me back to my high school that I had already graduated from. And they said, you've got to come back. You didn't finish your course. Didn't finish my course? Yes. And they, they said, you've got to become a baseball player. Yeah, I said, no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a football player. I don't play baseball. I play football. No, you're supposed to come back and finish the course and play baseball. And he said, that was the strangest dream, Bob. And here you are telling me, not knowing that I had had that dream, that I'm up to bat and I'm going to knock the ball out of the park. Glory to God. And he and I had some more conversations. God was giving me insight into that person's future like he's talking to me about you, sister. You know, years ago, I, I found myself inside of 1 Kings 17 where the woman was starving to death, her and her son about to eat their last meal and die. And God sent Elijah to that woman and said, she will sustain you. I've commanded her. I've spoken to her to listen to what you say. And Elijah, just simple faith, went to that woman and said, give me a drink of water. Then he said, make me something to eat. And she said, I don't have much. He said, he says, go and do as thou hast said, make that meal. But first, fix me something to eat. Thus saith the Lord. And Elijah began to speak by the Spirit of God. The same way I was speaking to that young man just a few minutes ago, God let me see him stepping up to the plate. A new place and dimension and calling in his life. And God's changing your direction. He's changing your seasons. You're coming up to bat also with the gifts and callings of God without repentance. God has not changed his mind about you, my brother, my sister. It's time for you to once again cast off the cares and discouragements of the past. Focus your eyes upon Jesus, for he wants to do some mighty things in your life. The prophet began to prophesy, fix me something to eat for her and her son. So many times people call me on the phone and say, Bob, I grew up watching my mother listen to you and watch you on television. There's a young man right now, young man, he's probably about 40, young man right now grew up watching his mother watch me on TV. This young man has over 3 million followers on his Facebook. He's a well-known minister, pastor around the world, travels extensively around the world. He grew up watching me on television as a young a little boy. He told his parents he, for Christmas he wanted Santa Claus to bring him a camera. And they got him a little camera, I guess one of those little brownies or something, you know. And he didn't want to just record things. He wanted to record himself being a preacher. And he's grown up to, today to be a very successful preacher because of watching me on television talk about Jesus. Well, that woman there in 1 Kings 17, she listened to what the prophet of God had to say. She believed the prophet, 
and she began to prosper. When she acted upon that word, her meal barrel did not run dry and her cruise of oil did not fail. The anointing of God upon Elijah and the anointing of God upon me breaks the yoke of lack off of you, my brother, my sister, and releases the miracle flow, the miracle supply, miracle abundance in your life. God's a good God. He sent me with an anointing flowing through my mouth, out of my heart, the anointing of God on the phone that I'm holding as I'm making this broadcast or this podcast to you. He led them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among them. Will you share this podcast with others now? Let them be blessed. Go to roberttilton.com and get that book. Also, there's another one there, too, if you want it. It's a pretty good size book. Charting Your Course in Life of the Dream in Your Heart. It's the anointing of God. I bring prosperity. I have a prosperity, miracle, oil, supply, anointing. For not by might nor power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. As my servant speaks my words of spirit and life into you, it releases you to rise up above in my strength and in my ability and in my divine supply for your life. I have anointed him with my presence to bring abundance of joy and peace, divine health, yes, and divine supply. For I've given him power and anointing to release it into your life to get wealth so that my covenant may be established, the gospel to be preached in the earth. The gospel, the covenant of abundance, the gospel covenant of blessings. And he led them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among them. Share this podcast with others. Let others be blessed and get that brochure because we have ministerial compensation for those of you that would like to help us preach the gospel and take this message of faith, hope, and love to others. Yes, God wants you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers spiritually. Material blessings come from the spiritual blessings of God. I'm anointed to release you into the big life that God's called you to walk in. Multitudes are in the valley of decision, waiting for someone to bring them the truth. Will you help me take this message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus to mankind around the world? Will you help me? Make a donation today, whatever it is, your tithes, your offerings, seed out of your need into other people's lives. A woman called me from Canada last Saturday. I woke up this morning thinking about the little lad who had the five loaves and two fishes. And I laid there in bed around 4 o'clock, 4.30, meditating on that incredible revelation of how Jesus worked a miracle. We're talking about the working of miracles in your life. Let me read to you from here in John, the sixth chapter. And this is one of the few parables or examples that Jesus taught from in all four of the Gospels. John, the sixth chapter. After this, Jesus went to the farther side of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd was following him because he had, they had seen the signs, wonders, and miracles that he continually performed upon those who were sick. 
And Jesus walked up the mountainside and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was approaching. Jesus looked up then and seeing that a vast multitude was coming toward him, he said, Philip, where are we going to buy bread so that all these people can eat? Now here we go, because we've got several powerful truths starting to take place here to cause those loaves and fishes to begin to multiply. When that little lad was willing to give what he had, when you are ready or willing to to put what you have, no matter how insignificant it, it may seem to you, God can turn that thing above and beyond into something miraculous. We're talking about the working of miracles in your life. And Jesus looked up to them and saw the multitudes and said, Philip, where are we going to buy bread so that all these people can eat? But he said this to prove or test him, for he already knew what he was about to do. So here we have a powerful illustration, an example by Jesus on how he works behind the scenes today. Someone, a little lad, was about to place something in Jesus' hands. And what Jesus did began to release the miracle-working power of heaven's best to be transferred from heaven into those believers' lives. Philip said, well, you know, uh, Philip answered him saying, 200 pennies, $40 worth of bread is not enough that everyone may receive even a little. And then another one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a little boy here who has with him five barley loaves and two small fish. But what is that among so many? What is that five loaves and two fishes among so many? How many times have we said, I don't have enough to do what I need to do? The insignificant things become significant when placed in God's hands. Remember the woman with the uh, with a little bit of meal in, in the barrel? When she placed what she had in the hands of God with prayer, mixing what she had with faith, mixing what she had with prayer, taking what we have. This is what I'm hearing. Taking what you have and giving it to God. God, mixing it with faith, believing it releases the miracle working power to go to work. And then the Peter's brother said, well, what is that among so many? And Jesus said, make all the people recline, sit down. Now the ground was a pasture, was covered with thick grass in the spot. And Jesus took the loaves when he had given thanks. So the little lad was willing to place into the hands of Jesus what he had. Jesus took the offering. The little lad offered it up. He put it in the hands of Jesus. It was his offering. It wasn't a lot, but it was about to be turned into a whole lot when we place what we have, even when we think something is insignificant, when we place it in the hands of God. Jesus took the loaves, like taking up an offering. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. Now, one translation, I think it's Luke, says Jesus received and took the five loaves and two fishes, reached up toward heaven, glory to God, and gave thanks. 
he reached up toward heaven and gave thanks for the five loaves and two fishes. First of all, reaching up to heaven. Glory to God. Well, he gave thanks. He was praying to our Father, which art in heaven. Holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The power of prayer connects us to heaven with heaven's resources to be released into our lives and to supply our needs here on earth. Jesus received and took the offering, reached up toward heaven, glory to God, and was going to use this as an illustration to the disciples on how to multiply and bless what you have, to have that attitude of gratitude, to give thanks, to be to be thankful for what we have, to be grateful for what we have, to give out of what we have. To uh, Maria, I was talking to her about this, to live a grateful life, how to live a life of being grateful for what we have. When we are thankful for what we have and we place it into the hands of God, things begin to happen. It begins to multiply. Prosperity kicks in, like Paul said. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. So Jesus reached up to heaven, reached up to the riches of God's glory in heaven. Jacob saw it. Jacob saw the heavens opened. He saw the glory of God opened up, and he saw the angels of God bringing down, I believe, answers to prayer from heaven to planet earth. That's when Jacob went into business with God and vowed to tithe of all that God blessed him with from heaven. He saw the secret to the blessings of God. Jesus knew the source was heaven. The source is God. And Jesus took the little lad's five loaves and two fishes and reached up toward heaven and prayed and blessed that gift. And something miraculous began to happen. They began, Jesus then took it, broke it, and began to give it to the disciples that miracle bread, give it to the disciples to distribute it to the multitudes. And it says the multitudes ate till they were filled. They ate all they wanted of that miracle bread. And then they had, Jesus had the disciples to take up the offering or to take up what was left. And it says that it was above and beyond the little lad's five loaves and two fishes. It ended up 12 basket loaves more than they needed to have that need supplied. 5,000 men, probably 5,000 women, wives, and probably another 5,000 kids. That's 15,000 people ate miraculously because that little lad was willing to, to give to God what he had. And then he, it was given back to him, might as well say it, above and beyond, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall those people that ate gave back into his life. The powerful law, Jesus talked about it in Luke 6, 38. He explained the power of giving, uh, uh, making room for more in your life. That's a word for someone just then. That little lad made room for more when he was willing to be grateful and to give what he had. He was making, that's a word for someone right now. Someone, your tithes and offerings today, you're making room, your feet helping me and our church 
feed the multitudes, feed hungry souls, work miracles in people's lives. And when he, the little lad gave, it released a miracle back into his life. When you give out of your need, you know, I was uh, in college and I was in an economics class. And the professor says, now, don't miss Thursday because I'm going to give you the secret to success. Well, I did not I did not cut that class. And as I sat there waiting for the, the professor, walked up and he said, the secret to success is to find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. There was a need to feed the multitudes. The little lad did not think that he, he the little lad was willing to give out of what he had into the needs of others. And not only did that release a miracle into the multitude's lives to eat, but it released a miracle back to the little lad. Someone said that he was probably, uh, you know, he had he was selling the, the loaves and fishes. Maybe that was his little business on his his side hustle on the side that he would fish and he would make bread, bake bread for the people and stuff. But we, we know for a fact it released a miracle back into his life. Find a need. Go to God as your source of supply in prayer. Worship the Lord through your giving, through your tithes and offerings, as you're helping there be meat in God's house. The prophet of God, Malachi, said that if we would prove God, if God said, if you will prove me now, here with your tithes and offerings, and see if I will not open to you the windows of heaven, that little lad's gift through prayer, and thankfulness. When Jesus reached up to heaven and gave thanks, why wow, it's so important to give thanks for our food, gave thanks for everything we have, for every paycheck, every dollar. We give thanks like like uh, yesterday. There was a, a friend that I had known for maybe 50 years and hadn't talked in 50 years. And uh, uh, I contacted them through Facebook and we began to chat. And uh, I asked her if she had a, uh, a cash out. And uh, I said, if you don't have one, get one. I, sent, I said, send me a dollar. I gave her my cash out. I said, send me a dollar and I'll have your, your account. And so I, 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 I gave her a donation of $250. And she texted me back and she says, is it okay if I send some of this to a missionary in Mexico who's having a children's church, like a vacation Bible school down there for some supplies and stuff? And I said, well, of course. You, whatever you want to do with that $250 is your business. I'm just simply worshiping the Lord through you, sister, of all the books you've written and all the travels that you've done as a missionary all over the world. We all used to go to John Osteen's church, and it was an incredible missionary church. It had flags from all over the world, and I'd met them there as, as missionaries. To me, that was my $250 was being multiplied, being put into this dear missionary's hands, and I just wanted to bless her for being such a blessing. I'd been reading her, her new book, and, and then and she asked me if she could pass some of it on, and it began to multiply into other people's lives. Oh, the joy of worshiping the Lord. So Jesus reached to heaven, Malachi prophesied, and the Lord said, I will open the windows of heaven up unto you. Giving opens the windows of heaven. 
and it released a blessing into that little lad's life. It caused his gift to begin to multiply. Uh-oh. It caused his gift to begin to multiply. As he gave out of his need, it released the miracle power of God. I'm sure the angels would go to work. You know, angels out there, there's all kinds of angels working in their life. J- Jacob uh, saw those angels coming down from heaven, bringing answers to prayer. Re- this is a word for someone. When you give today, you're making room for more. Something opening up that's been shut or closed in your life. You're opening, causing a door to open, causing windows to open, something, a, a business to open, a job to open, something opening up for someone that's listening to me right now. Open, oh, op, Opening something. Now, this is a strong word. That little lad caused when Jesus took. So here's the example. Jesus, we saw Jesus behind the scenes. He took the little lad's offering. He, Jesus reached up to heaven. Jesus blessed it, reopened and released heaven's blessings, heaven's windows onto that little lad's five loaves and two fishes. Now it's blessed. It's been sanctified. It's been blessed. And Jesus then took it and broke it and gave it to the disciples to hand out to the multitudes. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Give and be given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Oh, yes. And Jesus released the blessings of heaven into that gift. It became blessed. It became empowered to prosper. That power to get wealth. When, when we acknowledge God in all of our ways, he will direct our steps. When we go into business with God like Jacob, it brings God on the scene. For thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my... That, this word today through my new podcast is a lamp unto your feet, sister. It's a light under your path, my brother. It's illuminating me, knowing that we're in God's a spirit being, and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. We're worshiping God with our faith. See, when we give God what we have and mix it with faith believing, it releases heaven's miracle working power. It uh oh, it releases heaven's blessings to be released into our life here on earth. The invisible power of, of, of operating in, in the realm of faith in what God said releases and opens up heaven's blessings. Jacob saw it, and Jacob began, Jacob's flocks began to multiply. Jacob had been cheated out of his wages by his father-in-law Laban, and God said, I'm the God of Bethel where you vowed the vow, and I've taken it out of the hands of the cattle, out of the hands of your father-in-law, and I've given them to you. That's divine transfer coming out of the hand of the heathen, coming into the hands of the righteous, as you and I operate in spiritual law. Well, yes, don't be under the influence of the way the world thinks. Elevate your 